2 Kings chapter 6. And out of respect to the reading of God's word, would you stand to your feet? Beginning at verse 1, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us, too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. One said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. The man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he being Elisha, cut down a stick, cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk to you this morning about the edge of ministry. Would you pray with me, Father? We bless you today. We thank you today for grace and mercy. What a beautiful congregation here and those that are watching online. Lord, we just, we need your touch right now. We need the anointing, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I, I just, I, I need your touch. Psalms 92 and 10 tells me in the declaration that we shall be anointed with fresh oil. And God, we pray for that fresh flow, that fresh unction, that fresh oil to flow in the house today. May you be honored, may you be praised, may you be glorified <clears throat> for these things we give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There are some young men that the prophet Elisha is training, getting them ready for the ministry. In fact, they are called sons of the prophets. There is an assumption that the man of God would spend several weeks, maybe months, with this group of young men. I imagine in my heart and mind that they worshiped Jehovah together. They sang the songs of Jehovah together. They studied the law. They learned the law of God together. He was, in fact, preparing them or the ministry that God had called them to. They came to him one day because there wasn't simply enough room. Elisha, master, we need a larger place together. Cramped quarters, small space. And he agrees with them that they need this larger area and agrees to go with them to this new destination. To be clear, these young fellows, they're not wealthy. There's nothing in this that indicates that they have a lot of prestige, but they do have a heart for God. <clears throat> they do have great integrity and a desire to learn. Well, one of the young prophets in training, if you will, he had borrowed an axe from his neighbor. 
And his goal was to cut down trees to contribute with this construction project. It sounds simple enough. And with the axe sharpened and fully intact, this young man certainly had an edge to work with, an edge to getting things done with greater ease and more efficiency and in a more timely manner than if he had had no acts at all. He was doing ministry. That's the bottom line. He was doing ministry, and he had the edge to make it happen. <clears throat> I want to say to you today, the first thing I want to say to you today is we have the edge. Thank God for my salvation this morning. I'm glad I'm saved. I have accepted Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. And in doing so, a measure of His Spirit can be found in my life and in the life of every professing and possessing child of God. You find this verified in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, that God has dealt to each one a measure of His Spirit. Furthermore, many of you and myself have an edge along with now over 700 million believers around the world because we have been baptized with, engulfed with, immersed in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of that baptism being speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Today, evangelical Pentecostals is the fastest growing Christian segment and now better than 25% of global Christianity. As a result, the Pentecostal charismatic church has a sharper edge than non-spirit-filled churches and movements across our world. Now, let me clarify for you, lest you get the wrong idea. We are not better than anyone. We are not more blood-bought than our Baptist or Methodist brothers. We're not more saved than the Nazarenes and the Presbyterians. We just have been blessed to experience the edge, the power of God's Spirit in His fullness. Oh, praise the Lord. It hasn't been too many decades back. It's been in my lifetime, in my early years, that we were a movement that was considered, quote, behind the railroad tracks. We were the butt of many jokes and we were the butt of many slanders. But God is in fact raising up his spirit-filled movement in these last days as he said he would in the book of Joel and confirmed it in the book of Acts. And as a result, God has given us the edge, the power of his spirit for a purpose. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus told his disciples, wait for the promise of the Father which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. He went on to say you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Friend, because of the Spirit, you have an edge over many others. 
that are blood-bought. Our problem today is not that we don't have the power, it's that we're not using the power to touch a lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. I dare say we've spent too much time rejoicing in the power that we have failed to use the power. In Acts 19 and 6, the scripture says Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with tongues and they prophesied. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. At one point, so much power was present in the early church that spirit-filled believers began to be persecuted and they recognized the threats against them but they did not back down. But in fact, they prayed for more of God's spirit, more of God's boldness. And can I stop here and tell this Pentecostal congregation today, now is not the time to back up. In 2022 is not the time to back down. The power is the axe head of penetration from on high. It's been given to us to make a dent and to penetrate the kingdom of darkness. I'm here to challenge you, spirit-filled saints. Be bold with your axe head. Be confident with your axe head. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Now is not the time to back up or back down. There is still demonic oppression and possession. People are still addicted and they're enslaved. And you, friend, have the axe head of power. There are still diseases and sicknesses in people's bodies. You don't have to wait to bring them to the house of God. They don't have to stand in a healing line. If you're a spirit-filled saint of God, you got the power inside of you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the axe head of power. There are still multitudes of family and friends and strangers dying and going to hell. I'm challenge you today. Find the axe head of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, and you friend can rescue them before it is too late. You have the edge. You have the power. Use it in the name of Jesus. Use it to cut down the kingdom of darkness. Use it to cut into the kingdom of darkness. Use it to cut out the kingdom of darkness and it will happen through the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost. It is the edge to effective ministry. It is the way to impact the world. It is what God has called us to use to populate heaven and to plunder hell. It is the power of the Holy Spirit and it is every single believer's calling to be filled with the Spirit and to use this edge of ministry to change people's hearts. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord for the Holy Ghost. We have the edge. Now let me talk to you a little bit about losing the edge. This young man lost the axe head and that left him walking around with just a handle. I, I, I imagine that it was quite distressing for him. All he had 
was a handle in his hand. He was a good and a, a faithful young man. He was faith-filled and he was faithful. He was sacrificial. He was devoted to spread the, the, the word of God. Now, though he lost the axe head from an axe, it was also even more alarming because it had been a borrowed axe head. I thought several times this week about his response, but this morning uh, there are other responses that he could have had to losing the axe head when he lost it. Uh, the first response I, I thought of, he could have just ignored the loss. He could have just walked around with a handle. He could have just said, you know what, I, I've lost the edge. I can't do anything. But I'll just, I'll just ignore it. I'll just on, go on business as usual. And as I was thinking about that this week, I thought, you know, have you ever, have you ever borrowed something? Uh, have you ever had someone borrow something from you and they lose it? And weeks and months and even years go by and you ask them about that book and they get amnesia. I thought I gave that back to you. Really? I don't even remember borrowing that from you. <laughs> some of us have had that done to us, and some of us have done that. When in reality, the truth is they just lost it and don't want to come clean about it. Holy Ghost, help me now. I dare say there's some sitting here in this room. I dare say there's some watching online. You used to pray in tongues, but you haven't prayed in tongues in years. Some of you used to be prayer warriors in church, at home, in your closet, but it's just not the same today in 2022. Some of you right here used to be effective witnesses. You used to be passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus. Why? Because there was an all-consuming fire that was inside of you that was burning. But over time, the edge has, has disappeared. And instead of dealing with it and confronting it, you're just walking around <laughs> with an axe handle with no axe head. Lord, help me here. Some of you used to be filled with the character of Christ. People could come to you and find the, the nine fruit of the Spirit, and it was easily seen on the tree of your life. But the, the edge that used to humble you and impact others seems to have disappeared. There are people that have had the gift of the Holy Spirit. They've had the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of you, it's been since your teenage years, since the last time that you were lost in the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God has sent me by here today to tell you he's not lost. He can still be found. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, he's not out there wandering somewhere. I'll tell you something else. What is worse than ignoring the loss? is replacing the loss with something else. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me here. Replacing the loss with something else. Now, I may not be the brightest bulb in the pack, but I know a shovel, though it can cut through dirt, 
It has an edge that can cut through the heaviest of snow, but this is useless for cutting down trees. A shovel would not have been helpful to the young son of the prophet. He could have said, well, you know what? I've lost the axe head. Let me see what I can do with a shovel. And how foolish would he have looked standing there with a shovel trying to chop down a tree? The assignment was to take down a tree. I don't deny the fact that around this nearly circumference is an edge, but it is not the kind of edge to take down a tree. This, this, I will say it again, the shovel just doesn't have the right edge. <laughs> ah, and and, and here's, here's what concerns me. As the Lord dealt with my heart about this message this week, what concerns me is that we can, we can acknowledge that we have a loss of edge or, or we can lose the edge, but we can still try to accomplish the same thing with a different kind of edge. We can even go to a place where we look the same and dress the same and act the same and appear the same. I dare say some heavenly fire in some Pentecostal churches have been replaced with man-made fires that produce nothing more. There was a time I heard a preacher say one time, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire at all. Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is, is that wildfire is a duplicate that can deceive you. I'd rather have no fire and a bunch of people sitting in the pews that say, I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I realize that I have lost the edge in my ministry and in my life. <laughs> you know, I was thinking this week, if, if some food and drink companies would consult Sandra and I, they'd save themselves a whole lot of problems. I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Sometimes companies in the food and drink industry, they make some unwise decisions in the name of being current and relevant. My wife is convinced Burger King has never bounced back since they changed their fries. Taco Bell learned real quick you better bring that Mexican pizza back. We could have told them that, couldn't we? Well, some of y'all remember this. Some of y'all won't. You're on the young side, but a lot of us will remember this. About 20 years ago, Coca-Cola came out with a new Coke. We got a new Coke. Greedy jokers. They had a new Coke. And as soon as the new Coke came out, within a few weeks, their sales began to plummet. So then they said, let's keep the new Coke and bring back Coke Classic, which was the original. So you had Coke Classic and you had the new Coke. And then a little further down the road, finally, the new Coke disappeared, and now if you are a Coke fan, 
the classic that has always been the real thing is not, not only the real thing, but it is the only thing. Let me just meddle here a little bit this morning because I got the microphone and I feel the Holy Ghost. The charismatic wave, we've seen it. We've seen banners and streamers and whistles and bells and blowing of shofars and angel dust and prayer shawls and flag waving and the list goes on and on. Some have argued it's part of a new Holy Ghost movement. But I want to stand here flat-footed and square my shoulder and tell you that the classic Holy Ghost move is the only Holy Ghost move. God, my God. There is not a second. There is not a substitute. There's not a coexistence with another spiritual movement. One Spirit of God with power to change you and to change others through you. That's what happens to the substitute. Let's, let's make everyone comfortable. And so we go smoke machines and colored lights, lights turned down and holy jeans with our Converse or Vans on. And yes, it is appealing to the public. My wife said this. My wife said this to me. So, but I agree with her. We were looking at ESPN one day and said, it's a shame. Commentators on a sports show look better than some people on a stage in a church. Woo, I kind of felt that bounce back. Let's make everybody comfortable. Let's make everybody relaxed. And I'm all about come as you are. I don't want you to miss the point. The point is not in what you're wearing today. The point is the responsibility of the church and the body of Christ to make sure that we don't try to replace the Holy Ghost with a substitute. There's not a shovel in this world that's going to cut into the darkness like the axe head of God's spirit. I'm excited about the Pulaski Church of God growing, but let me caution you and let me caution myself. We better be careful of evaluation of our successes just based on names, noses, and nickels. When I come to the house of God, I want to feel the power of God. I love you, but I didn't come to see you. I enjoy seeing your smiling faces. I enjoy when we come together. But I'm telling you, when I came to the house of God this morning, I came for one reason. And that was to experience the dunamis, the dynamite, the power from Almighty God. I came to have an encounter with Jesus, the Holy Ghost, baptizer. We cannot compete with the world, neither should we want to. But you know what's greater than that? The world cannot compete 
with the great Holy Ghost. He is the real deal. He is the classic. He is the edge. And he is what every temple of God needs is the filling of the Holy Spirit. When the dust settles and that unsaved neighbor, that lost co-worker, that family member that is drowning in their cares, when they're in trouble, they're not coming looking for a light and smoke show. They're looking to encounter a spirit-filled child of God that can give them an answer for their situation. I've been in leadership training for the last eight and a half months. Independent. I chose to sit under it. It's been very good. Me and my brother from Fairlawn, we've rode up together. And it's made our friendship stronger. There has been many, many things I have learned in that. But in eight months, while much of it has been good, I have yet to hear anything about a move of the Holy Spirit. What happened to it? What happened to a good old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost? What happened? I'll tell you what's happened. We've gotten used to being without it. And then when we realized that we lost it, we just created a substitute to take its place. My. Maybe I shouldn't use this analogy. Maybe it'll strike a nerve. But John Wesley said to the Pulaski Church of God, as well as every other church, I believe, if a church will catch on fire, people will come to watch it burn. Now, you could take that in the wrong spirit because of what we went through six years ago, but I think all of you here know what I'm saying. I've had people in this community tell me where they stood, where they parked, how their car was rerouted, but a pause settled in. I've had people in this community tell me what an impact that fire was. I'm still naive enough to believe and faith-filled enough to believe that if this church will catch on spiritual fire, We'll turn this town and county upside down for Jesus. We don't need a substitute. We could have ignored the loss. Could have replaced the axe with something else. He could have. 
blame the loss on other people. Gene, you didn't show me how to use an axe. Jerry, you put on my axe head too loosely. Y'all out there? James, you gave me a dull axe head. I had to work twice as hard. It was too crowded. I couldn't maneuver. Too many people. Elisha, too many people around me. And because I was careless, because of others. We like to blame it on the young generation, the generation coming behind me. We love to stand up and say, ah, they need to take more responsibility, quit counting on the government. But in reality, in spiritual things, we're all masters of deflection. I, I'm looking at people, I've heard stories about you back in the day. I've heard stories. People have come up to me and said, man, you know so-and-so, they used to blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, really? Really? Seriously? And then I, I see a spark of something. And I see somebody start dancing in the Holy Ghost that I've never seen. And I have to catch myself because I want to stare at them. Because it's the first time in five years that I've seen it. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. This is it. This thing is, this is not the end. This is the end of the end. This thing is wrapping up. I've got lost loved ones. I've got, I've got family members that are lost and dying without Jesus. And what they need, they don't need a pep talk from me. They need me to share the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Before it's too late. I just can't. I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm a master, master deflector. Man, you don't know how often I blame it on Tony. <laughs> that worship leader was dry today. He's never confessed it, but he's probably said, that preacher was boring today. spouse unnerved me before church. I had one nerve left and the children plucked it before I got here. I've done it as a pastor. Attendance was plateauing. Finances are lagging. Altars are barren. The preacher, you walk around disappointed and disheartened and disgusted. And you blame the loss of power on everyone else but yourself. I have been dead to my own reality. That I had lost my edge, my power, my anointing, my unction. I just came at blaming on someone else. Singing. Not with axe heads, but with axe handles. 
preaching, not with axe heads, but with axe handles, witnessing or praying with axe handles of self instead of axe handles of anointing. That's in 2 Kings chapter 6, the whole substitution thing that the young man could have come up with, but Paul has a, has a statement for it. It's called having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. It's moving without might. It's energy without effectiveness. It's purpose without power. It's demonstration without divinity. It's freedom without any fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Losing the edge, replacing the edge, but thank God we can get the edge back. Yes, we can get the edge back. The young man went to the prophet, Elisha, who represents the word of God, and he acknowledged that he had lost his edge, and it grieved his spirit. He lost his edge and it grieved his spirit. He trusted the man of God, trusted the word of God. He trusted the power of God. And when Elisha took a stick and threw it into the water, the Bible says the iron swam. Floated to the top. I don't know what that looks like. I've, I've, you know, I, me and axes are not familiar with each other. That's why I came without one on the end of that. I could hurt myself. But an iron swims? I don't know what that looks like. Crazy things happen in the Bible. There's one time in a scripture where the, they were in the midst of the Sea of Galilee when the storm came, and when Jesus got in the boat... Suddenly, they were at the land, whithersoever they went. You know what that means? They were divinely transported from the middle of the Sea of Galilee to the seashore. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but it happened. The Scripture says it happened, so I believe it. I don't know what it looks like for a, an axe head to swim. But it took place. He got his edge back. I believe God wants to toss a stick into your water today. I believe Jesus wants to send the dove today. I believe the good Holy Ghost wants to break in upon us today. I've come to confront you in love. Because there are believers here who are ignoring the loss of your edge. My God. There are believers here, you've replaced the Holy Spirit with something else. You're trying to do it in your own strength and power. You're trying to do it with a shovel that, that's making no difference. Or maybe you're here and you're just, everybody else is responsible for your loss of spiritual power. For the loss of your edge. No. Alas, Master, I've lost my edge. It grieved him. He knew he had lost it. 
He didn't try to substitute for it. He didn't try to blame it on anyone else. He said, I've lost my faith. Anyway. I'm grieved. I'm grieved. Got to get it back. Got to get it back. I'm walking around with an axe handle. I'm trying to chop down a tree, and I have no edge on my ministry. I have no edge on my walk. I have no power. I've tried to use other things. They have edges. You know how many believers are sitting in large churches today that have substituted the Holy Spirit with something else. And they've drank the Kool-Aid. They're walking out with either no power or a shovel, an axe handle or a shovel, trying to do in the flesh what can only be done in the spirit. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be the first ones up here. I, I profess I'm a believer, but I've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Four out of five instances in the book of Acts, when the Holy Ghost fell, they spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It's biblical by example of the early church. You can't convince me otherwise. It is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you've never, you're saved. Ain't nobody doubting your salvation. But if you really want to be anointed and empowered to really do something in the kingdom of God and in this world before Jesus comes back to take us home, and you're grieved in your spirit because you don't have that edge of ministry, you need to be the first ones up here. You say, I never, I, I've, never, I've never spoken in tongues before. Now, let me tell you something about speaking in tongues. It's only a sign. God didn't fill us with the Holy Ghost just so we could celebrate and talk in tongues to one another. God filled us with the Holy Ghost, and the tongues are a sign, but he filled us with the Holy Ghost to give us power to make a difference in this world. But I'm also looking at some folks that you've lost. You've lost. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. There's some here, you, you haven't spoken in tongues in years, and you know I'm telling the truth. And then there's some that you spoke in tongues this week. But you know what? You said, you know, that was yesterday. I need a brand new touch today. Is that all right? That's one thing beautiful about the Holy Ghost. That's one thing beautiful about the Spirit of God. You may have been six months since you had a touch from God. He can touch you today. You, he may have prayed through you this morning. You said, you know what? I'd like a double dose for today. I'd like for him to pray through me at noontime, just like he did when I prayed this morning. He doesn't run out of supply. It's time to quit blaming others. You know, I'm telling the truth. You can't blame the preacher. 
You can't blame the choir and the praise team. You can't blame your spouse. This is a day to say, you know what? I'm no longer going to be a deflector. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of a touch from of a touch from God. I don't know where you fall in any of that. But I do know this. You're sitting in a Pentecostal church. You drove onto a Pentecostal parking lot with a Pentecostal sign that has a Pentecostal symbol. I've never apologized for it, and I'm not about to start now. I was born and raised in it until the day I go to glory. I am always going to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You can call me crazy. You can call me a holy roller. You can say all that stuff is not necessary, and you can die in your trespasses and sins, or you can die in dead religion, but you're looking at one boy that's going to always hunger and thirst after a move of the Holy Ghost. It is the only edge of ministry. I don't know who you are, but you say, boy, there's something stirring. My God, I want to preach some more. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you that was given to you by the laying on of hands. Some of you remember when you used to stand in the altar and five people would stand around you going give it to them Holy Ghost. Give it to her Holy Ghost. And one day you started praying in tongues. But you haven't had an encounter in quite a while since then. Paul says to you, stir it up. Stir it up. Let the Holy Ghost move through you yet once again. Just get up and come. Get up and come with your hands raised. Get up and come with a praise on your lips. No matter what office you hold in the church, staff member, elder, elder, spouse, Sunday school teacher, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. You want the Holy Ghost. You want the power of God's Spirit. Oh, you may have never had it, or you may have experienced it yesterday, but you want a brand new touch. To, my God, I feel His Spirit. Come on, 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 begin to lift up your praise, come on, come on, come on.